Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast, going in a little bit of a different direction this week and over the next few days. I wanted to bring you some messages straight from a workshop. So we're going to be doing that over the next few days. So listen in there. They're a little bit longer, not much than the usual podcast. And we just love you guys to hang in there with us and listen to these. We'll be right back with you. Enjoy this. We're starting out talking about trauma. And so hang with me. And here we come. Here's a, from a workshop, a little bit of information for you wounded spirits out there and those wanting to work with them. Here we go. Well, it is great to be here. We've already enjoyed uh, getting to know Pastor in your town here, but he's right. We, we actually came out of Milwaukee this morning. We were, I guess, about an hour and a half from Milwaukee. We drove over to Milwaukee this morning, and uh, God's just really blessed us. Your pastor has greeted us with open arms, and he's a pretty great guy. And we, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. So my wife, Debbie, of 39 years, will we'll be married 39 years on October the 8th. So, yeah. And... Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, you know, it's, boy, life just goes by so quickly, doesn't it? And it, it does matter when you got somebody cool with you and uh, you get to do life together. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that she's been here with me. And like I say, tomorrow when we pass, uh, you'll enjoy Debbie. You ladies will enjoy Debbie and your time together over there. And she, she is short. We were joking about that tonight with Pastor. Is, uh, uh, when we got together, I was six foot five. You get, as you get older, you get shorter. And... Uh, uh, so I was I was six foot five and she was four foot eleven and a half and uh, so everybody always asks hey are you guys you know is she shorter than you I mean come on you know she comes up to here somewhere but uh, uh, so I get that out of the way um, a couple things you need to know uh, I really don't mind if somebody raises their hand and asks a question if it's a deep theological question I'll probably grab you offline afterwards. But if it were somewhere and you say, hey, go back to what you just said or something, I'll be really glad to do that. I'd like that opportunity. And uh, I really want to talk to you. PTSD is something that affected our lives and my life, and, and only God brought me through some of these things. So I, I'm willing to share anything with you and talk to you. We're, we're open books, and uh, we really are. And we'll be glad to talk to you in any way we can help you and how God has helped us uh, because, you know, uh, community matters, especially in things like this, having, each, having God and having each other and, uh, and, and being able to plow together and go through things is a pretty wonderful thing. And, and God's been good to us that way. And so a, a couple other things you should know about me is I talk really quick. I was born and raised in Connecticut and did some summers in New York working for my uncle at an Italian restaurant. So you'll hear some of that New York stuff in there, Connecticut stuff in there. Uh, also, I had my head smashed in a helicopter accident, so if I get weird, I blame it on that. It's not systemically because I'm a strange individual. Uh, 
but that's part of it as well. It's because of a traumatic brain injury. Now, it wasn't that long ago. Debbie and I work an awful lot with VAs and you know, veterans hospitals and things of that nature. As a matter of fact, the first book I wrote, Wounded Spirits, A Biblical Approach to PTSD, was really written with the military in mind. We, we didn't have a full grasp uh, of what PTSD looked like in, in our population. We knew that people suffered from PTSD for a lot of different reasons, but we're, we're shaped by our culture, aren't we? And so being in the military all those years, and I had been a volunteer firefighter and stuff, I'm thinking that you know the majority of our population is suffering from PTSD because of military and military things. So we're going to have camps and workshops. And, and we just had this vision that God gave us. And we prayed. We said, Lord, please help us do this. But we come to find out that a lot of people have PTSD from a lot of different things. As a matter of fact, probably the largest group of people we have with PTSD uh, has to deal, or at least tied, has to deal with sexual abuse and things of that, physical abuse. And so we deal with that an awful lot. Debbie will tell you she was sexually abused and, and uh, as a younger girl. And, and, uh, and again, we're just going to be totally uh, clean with you and things we've been through and how God has helped us. And then we find that that second group really is a military group. There's a second group that's strong. And then there's a third group that's everybody else, first responders, people who've been through junk. And we don't care what group you're in. We want to help everybody. It's our heart. As a matter of fact, I used to run a military missions agency called Armed Forces Baptist Missions. And God allowed us to grow them from three people to 53 missionary families and, and all that. But we realized that PTSD was much more than the military. And it was the military, too. So we want to work with everybody. We're well wired into those types of things. So, and, and so going out to VA hospitals, one of the things we do, I was with a doctor not too long ago, and he was giving me a tour of the VA hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. And they're talking about traumatic brain injuries and stuff. And, and one other thing, I had one other caveat. I had a, and I do suffer from ADHD, OCD, and DUMB. So if it... <laughs> So hang with me. I talk in If you got ADHD, you're going to be real happy with me, uh, all right? Because people with ADHD love following that line of thought. Uh, where was I going there a second ago? You're missing a I wanted to go back. Oh, I already said that. Okay. So we're at VA Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, so yeah, I feel that same way. Hey, and babies are cool. They don't bother me either. <laughs> So this doctor is showing me around, and he takes me down to these three guys. And as somebody who suffers from, or I guess I suffer from a traumatic brain injury, I really don't think I do. I think God's been really good to me with that. Um, but he took me down to meet these three men, and he said, I want to show you, you know, what can happen with your memory and things of that nature and how things are different. And I had given out some books and some Bibles. And so I went downstairs with him, and he said, there's three men here. And he went up to the first man, and he said, Ron, he said, uh, he said, Ron, he said, uh, can you tell me what nine plus three is? And I mean, Ron was an elderly gentleman with a traumatic brain injury, and he was using his fingers and his toes, and he was looking around and stuff, and he said, 2,872. I said, okay, Ron, thank you. Doctor goes to the second guy, and the doctor says, can you tell me what nine plus three is? And this guy, same thing. He's just really working out these numbers, trying to go through them, and he comes back, and he says, Saturday. And he says, okay, Bill, thank you. Thank you. And he goes to the last guy. He says, Andy. He says, Andy, can you tell me what 9 plus 3 is? And Andy sat there and think about it. And he came back and he said, 12. And the doctor said, great. How did you know that? He said, I subtracted Saturday from 2,873. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so be ready for that. Uh, so, 
anyway, we're going to look at people. They asked me for jokes back there. So anything that happens that's kind of funny or something, it's, it's because of the people back there in the room. Now, they told me. Now, this is, this is a true story. So the media guy, I got a difference between the sound person and the media guy. They said, hey, the media guy's not here yet. I said, that's okay. I've been in 700 churches in my life as a preacher, and the media guy's always the last one to get there. It's okay. That's, a, that's one of the qualifications. Do you get to church just on time or a little bit late? Yep, okay. You're the media guy. All right, next slide. All right, let's roll. So as long as you're all messed up that way, and he's flipping slides for me. See, don't you like it when your watch talks to you? That's another thing that, that keeps freaking me out. And I got it all shut off, baby. Look it. Doug, you don't have to show me. All right, all right. I just don't want to get in trouble later or anything like that. No, and uh, so PTSD looks like a lot of things in a lot of people. They tell us that about 20% of our population now suffers from PTSD. So if you go back, if you could morph backwards, if you could go back in our time machine and look at PTSD in 2018, 2019, uh, they were always quoting numbers around 8% of the population will have something like PTSD, some of these types of symptoms, at some point in their life. And they believe somewhere around 4% had actively dealing with PTSD all the time. Well, then you bring in 2020 and the pandemic pandemic and all those different things that's going on and you add all kinds of crazy numbers and stuff in there so if a person uh, got coronavirus and they spend at least one night in the hospital they have a 50 percent chance of having ptsd the rest of their life our population really you know we exploded on some of those things didn't we and and i want you to know i'm a three-time coronavirus loser so i i I get it. I was one of the people, I was in the hospital right up front, man. You should have seen those people wearing all those suits. By the third time I had it, you know, they're just like licking their finger and washing my face off on me and stuff. Things have changed over the few years, but back in the beginning, it's like, hey, you got something stuck right there. So how long you had the Rona, man? And, uh, but this is, so if 20% of the population has PTSD, and I believe they do. I believe the numbers might even be a little higher than that because we never go anywhere without meeting a bunch of people who have PTSD. And I was in the Army, and, and I was in the Army with a lot of people with PTSD where everywhere we go, doctor's offices, everywhere we go, people say, hey, we know people. People call us night and day. We're always wired into that. We meet a lot of people with PTSD. So if we take 350 million legal people in the United States of America, not that illegal people don't matter, but we don't know the number. So even if you just take the number that we know and you multiply, uh, you know, you get point. Uh, one zero ten percent or something like that and you're going to come up with what 35 million people at 10 percent put two of them together that's about 70 million people and that's without the people that we don't know are undocumented there's a lot of people with PTSD that's the bad news the good news is God's word is 100 percent sufficient it's complete it's, it's completely full with stuff we need to do and, and things of that nature we just got to pray and it, it, and it God's not magic you know what I mean? We're not going to have an altar call prayer and our lives are going to completely change. Even though they could, God could do that. But, but PTSD is a trial. You'll hear me say this every day. I want you to remember this. We went through the book of Job. I think you probably listened during the podcast, Tori. We met Tori uh, a couple years back. But we went through the book of Job. My fellow podcast person and myself, a lady and I, who's a, a lady you support. So those of you at church here know Mrs. Wesco, and, and we went through the book of Job, and we found, I think, a really good reason uh, for trials. And the first reason is so that we get closer to God. 
And the second reason is so that we bring other people closer to God. So you say, what does this all mean? You're talking too fast. You talked about seven different things. 70 million people have PTSD in the United States of America. And every single one of those cases looks a little different. We're not all the same. And that's all right. We get to figure out from each other what we're going through and how to help each other out. And every single one of those people have it for a reason, to bring honor and glory to God. It's a trial that will bring you closer to God once we know him and we trust him and we check in with him. And every single one of us will be able to help other people because part of our healing is helping other people. Trust me on that. I didn't even... I, my life completely changed when I started worrying about other people with PTSD as well. Just like Job when he started praying for his friends. When I started looking at the world and realized there were a lot of other people that were like me and been through some real serious junk in life, man, I, I'll tell you, God really started using that in my life and started changing things for me. And so let's look at it that way as we go through this, is that this is a trial. And God gives us trials so we get closer to him. You know, the reason we live, if you look over in Revelation chapter 4, right, the last verse, the reason we're all here is to bring honor and glory to God. That's our existence. So if we can take these trials, imagine that, that God gives us these trials and he allows us to use these most terrible things that happen to us, these terrible, awful, hideous, ridiculous things that happen to us. He allows us to use that for his glory, and I think that's pretty cool that I don't have to walk around in life and say, this happened to me, this happened to me, and there was no reason for it. No, there's a reason for it. And that reason is so I can bring more glory and honor to my God. And as I do that, he heals me and helps me. And then I can help other people, and, and that's pretty great all by itself right there. Next slide. <clears throat> so I want to give you a disclaimer. I'm sorry, uh, Lydia, my part-time secretary helper and I couldn't figure out how to make all the slide come up at once. But that IT guy will be able to figure it out by tomorrow morning. So yeah, just make a whole slide come up every time. He showed me how to hide a slide a minute ago, and that's pretty cool. I never did that before. I thought hiding a slide meant you threw your jump drive somewhere and you didn't let anyone get it. We want you to know we're not affiliated with any uh, medical organization or professionals. Many people suffering from PTSD or receiving medical treatment keep on getting that medical treatment. We don't hate doctors. Uh, we don't hate medicine. Uh, we just want to help. God can help us in a way that maybe some of that will go away. Maybe it won't. But you work that out with your doctor. None of us have a PhD. I have what they call a THD, which is a doctorate of theology. And it's now no joke there. Someone was getting ready to laugh. But I, I saw it. See, that's the problem when you joke all the time. When you say something serious, people don't buy it. But keep on getting your medical care. Uh, it's important to do that. And uh, we don't hate anybody for that. We, we really don't. Next slide. The purpose, you know, is to train the two, two categories of people we're going to see, I think, this weekend. And uh, as we go through this, the first category is we're going to see people with PTSD. And then we're going to see people want to help people with PTSD. And both people just want folks to get better. And that's, that's a pretty great endeavor right there. That's a noble thing, I think. And, uh, and so we want to we know why we're all here. And that's why we're here. Next slide. Yeah, as we said before, feel free to ask any questions. All right, brother. And again, keep going to that whole thing fills up, my brother. There you go. So we want to let you know that Debbie and I, along with your pastor and workers here at church, 
are what they call mandated reporters. We're mandatory reporters. I always tell people when I counsel them, if something bad has happened to you and you've been hurt or someone you know has been hurt or someone might be hurt or somebody could be hurt, any of those hurt things matter in all 50 states of the United States of America. Uh, we have to call the police and let them know or the authorities that you've been hurt so nobody else will get hurt. We're doing that, and we do that. We've done it 51 times personally. We just did it recently with a, a young lady. Uh, I did it with a lady who listened to our podcast and called me up. We found out 35 other women had been hurt by the same individual. That's why God gives us Romans 13, to remind us that these authorities, that we have a responsibility to them, and we want to help. We don't want people hurt. We want the opposite of that. We want people to be happy and healthy and uh, be the opposite of her. And this is all by way of introduction. Next slide, my brother. And, uh, and the thing about PTSD, too, I know that's hard unless you've got that view up on your screen where you get to see the other slide. That's what I do sometimes. And, uh, but people with PTSD don't look like people who have PTSD or they may have it, they may not. It's one of those weird things. So you go to a PTSD meeting at the VA hospital or something like that, uh, everybody looks like pretty normal to each other. So always remember, have grace for each other. We don't know who has PTSD and who doesn't have PTSD, and still we talk, start talking to them. And, uh, and so let's have a grace on that. And it, and it does affect lives, and it affects families. You know, truth be told, families are affected by PTSD. It affects everybody within our realm. Of things we're going to be talking about a lot. One of the things I want to mention to you is one of the biggest characteristics that's very terrible with PTSD is some people are suicidal, and uh, we don't want anybody to be suicidal. So if you're that way, talk to us after church. We'd love to show you from God's Word how you don't have to be that way. God has a plan for every single one of us, and He has an expected end for us. He tells us in Ecclesiastes 7, Why shouldst thou go before their time? So He gives us this free will. That's one of the tough things. We serve this great God who loves us so much, he gives us something called free will. And so we're not just, you know, we're not sitting down here with someone pulling our strings. He lets us come down here and accept him in our own terms and, 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 and find his word and go through that way. But one of the things about having free will is we can crash and burn sometimes, can't we? And we want you to know that if you, if you have thoughts about hurting yourself even, we want to help you with that. And uh, though we may not spend a lot of time on it this weekend, we're not going anywhere from this church tonight until we help somebody who has that problem. We want you to know that's really important to us. We don't want anybody to hurt themselves. And we can show you from God's Word how important it is. Uh, God, you know, God loved us so much, He gave His only begotten Son. That's how much He loved us. And, and, and so that's how much He loves you guys. That's how much He loves all of us. Next slide. And so, like everything, when you start a ministry, when you're working, it starts with a verse. And uh, God put it on my heart studying the book of Proverbs. We're actually doing that on a podcast right now, going through the book of Proverbs. I think we're somewhere around chapter 24 or 25. And, uh, but as we go through that every day and talk about the PTSD and things like that, this verse right here really affected my heart and kind of bored. This ministry was born out of that. But the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. You know, we get hurt, we get cut, we break our arms, God heals us all up, and we go get a cast and things of that nature, and everything comes better. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? Only God. You know, there's some things that we need the maker of all creation. There are some things that we need the person who created us, the, the God who created us to help. I don't know about you, but you know, some of the, I think God does his best work when we get to the bottom, when we hit rock bottom, and we look up and say, God, you know just can't do this. And boy, that's when he's done the best work in my life. 
And uh, I'll tell you, I, I love, love God for that. Next slide. And so the American Psychiatric Association actually has a definition as well, a good definition, as an anxiety disorder, which stems from a particular incident evoking a significant stress. And you can go farther than that and say, particular incident. Some people have multiple causes of PTSD. They call that complex PTSD. PTSD, you should be rated with that with your doctor, and your doctor can assign like six levels of PTSD to you. And, uh, but people have more than one stressor or trauma that we're going to talk about in a minute, have what they call complex PTSD. People have multiple ones on top of that. It even gets bigger. And, uh, uh, but we know, we know what happens to a bunch of people. Next slide, please. So, so this guy named Viktor Frankl, so everybody who's ever went to college had to read a book probably somewhere along the way about Viktor Frankl. And uh, Viktor Frankl was a guy uh, that we read in psychology. Viktor Frankl was taken from Warsaw and thrown in a concentration camp for being Jewish during World War II. And he witnessed all the atrocities, all those things. I think he was a neurosurgeon and then put uh, psychology together with that. But he said all during the war, he got down to 69 pounds. He said all during the war, that if I ever get out of here, I'm going to help people who've been through this junk. I mean, every day they would call someone to the front, they'd put one bullet in a revolver, flip it around, call someone's name off the list, and pull the trigger. So every four, five, six days, they'd blow someone's head apart, and all those people stood there and witnessed that. And Frankel said, there's got to be a meaning for this. There's got to be something else among this. And uh, so he decided to work with people who've been through this stuff and, and had seen those terrible things. And uh, the great news about Viktor Frankl is not only that, I believe you'll see him in heaven. He was at the University of Pittsburgh in 1966 talking about people with PTSD. And uh, while he was there, he sat next to a preacher named Billy Graham, and they went out to lunch together, and the rest is history. So I think uh, we'll see Frankl. But Frankl's definition, look at this definition for a minute. This is like a... Uh, on the ground level, hanging out with us kind of definition. An abnormal response to an abnormal situation is normal behavior. We're wired for a certain thing. So to put this in terms, I grew up watching shows like The Waltons. You know, John Boy or Jason or Mary Ellen or something, be in a lot of trouble. You know, life would be all messed up and things were all, but by the end of that hour, everything was better. And there was a parable somewhere by John Walton Sr. You know, and, and everything was better, and the girlfriend didn't hate him anymore. And so we got used to, so we're programmed that everything gets better. But sometimes life doesn't get better. Sometimes we need to be down at that rock bottom looking up saying, God. And, uh, and that's what Viktor Frankl's saying, is that it's normal to be messed up after you had messed up things happen to you. And, and we got to go out and we got to search. We have a responsibility, I think, to get better in the best way we can. And, uh, uh, to, and God will help us do that. Next slide. That was one of the things, hardest things for me is when I was suffering from PTSD, uh, was realizing that <clears throat> I had to be, you know, it just wasn't automatically going to happen. I had to go out and work at getting better. And, uh, and I know a lot, a lot of you do that. So I wanted to give you an idea of some people, and I had 200 categories, but they just don't look good on a slide. So I just grabbed some categories. <clears throat> it's hard enough to read these seven or eight, whatever's there. But I think if you, if it gives you a pretty good idea of people in our community, people we love, people in our churches, people around who suffer from PTSD. So half of everybody who's been abused as a child suffers from PTSD. What a wonderful outreach to go help these people, isn't it? You know, people going through the worst things in life. I mean, you could hold on to some of that stuff, right, for a whole lifetime. You know, I mean, it can... 
So to be able to, to help them, reach out to them, battered women, uh, a good 45% there. And, and you know, if there's one person, it's too many in any of these categories. If one person is raped, too many. You know, I, uh, I heard somebody say, you know, in our whole denomination, we only had one person raped last year. Well, that was one too many. And, but we gotta, we gotta help the people that fall in that raped adults. That's a big thing. Military veterans, about a third. Firefighters, it doesn't matter whether the urban, rural, volunteer. I often tell people I was a volunteer firefighter. When Debbie and I first got married, we were living in a little town. I was an uh, army recruiter, living in a little town called Baltic, Connecticut. And uh, who, you know Baltic? Yeah. No. I used to live in Connecticut. No. Oh, wow. And you know Baltic. You don't know each other at all. Man, that's too many Connecticut people in Montana right there. But anyway, we lived in a little town called Baltic, Connecticut, and I joined the volunteer fire department. And the first week I went there, we would have training on like Tuesday nights. The first week I went on Tuesday night, they were having training for PTSD because the week or two previous to that, uh, they went to a rescue call, a fire at a house. When they showed up at the house, there was a little girl stuck on the third floor. They couldn't get out. Everybody was else was out of the house. And she was screaming, I'm sorry, Daddy, that I played with matches. And she lost her life. And, and those volunteer firefighters, five-year-old girl, and those volunteer firefighters, and we know that uh, God has her in heaven, and, uh, but those volunteer firefighters were just going through everything. So my first training was, this is what firefighting looks like. I had one call, you like this one, so I had this one call. This lady called, and uh, she said her husband was deployed on a nuclear submarine. We were close to the Navy base. And uh, she was in labor, going to have a baby, her water had broke. So we rolled the ambulance, and I got there first, so I got to drive the ambulance, which I always loved to do, and I had to wait for a couple EMTs. And, and we took off, and we went riding down the road, and there's ladies out in the road. I said, thank goodness, there's a lady out here to help us, you know, find the lady who's in labor, because some of those places out in the country are hard, you know. And so I pull up alongside her, and I roll down the window, and I said, ma'am, do you know where the lady is who's having the baby? She said, it's me! <laughs> yeah. It was like a horror movie, man. I just, <laughs> chills went through my body. And, uh, and man, that was crazy, man. You, she had that baby on the way to the hospital. The first five minutes of the journey, they kept on saying, go faster, go faster! And about five minutes around, you can slow down. And uh, so it's real. No, no, don't. I'm sorry. See, the, I, I don't know what to do. I talk with my hands. I watched the other day where the queen tied her hands behind her back to not her talk to people. Uh, police, Christian workers, especially rural police. I didn't realize this, but highway patrolmen, state policemen, county people, things of that nature, rolling up upon people in the middle of the night all by themselves who are saying their last words. Uh, happens about twice a year to every highway patrolman in the United States of America. Those are real things. They add up. And, uh, uh, you know, so now I'll give you the next slide sign. I'm sorry. I'm going to try not to point. So how old does uh, PTSD go back? Well, it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis in my mind. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. You know, don't, don't we get there sometimes where it's too much? Again, it's just too much. And, uh, and, and that's what Cain said. And beholdest thou driven me out this day from the face of the earth. It's just too much. You know, and Cain killed his brother Abel. And, uh, and he said, this is just too much. 
this is just too hard to handle. And uh, so I want to talk to you. So to have PTSD, so the Department of Veterans Affairs, the uh, your hospital down the road, everything like that looks for a trauma. In, in VA, they call it a stressor. There's got to be at least that one thing. Everybody's looking for that one thing that caused PTSD. What's that one thing that we can look back to? And it's really important we know what that one thing is, and it might be more than one thing. It might be a lifetime of one things. It might be all that, but everybody's trying to identify the trauma uh, for spe specifically so we know what our triggers look like, we know what we're dealing with, we know what caused it, and some people really don't know. Uh, some people, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, uh, you know, my, the case, I had been, I had worked with several people who had died in my arms and things of that nature. Only one of them bothered me, but when that, when that one hit me, uh, boy, it stuck. I'm going to talk about traumas. You see this verse up there, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Isn't that great that we know if we get close to God? Draw nigh unto him, the Bible says. Get close to him. He'll get close to you. And uh, that's, that's kind of what we want to look like. And I'm not just talking about go home and read your whole Bible 16 hours a day. I'm talking about a, a, a look at what God has done in our lives and how we put that together, what we should be studying, uh, how we can do things, how God has helped us. And uh, so we, we do some things. I know this. Um, we do some things to find out about our traumas. And this is what I want to tell you. You can develop PTSD, and you guys know this. We kind of already talked through this. Uh, any particular incident, multiple incidents. We find out that 911 operators, there's a re those people last four months. The average person in a city lasts four months as a 911 operator. So people who've been there a long time, because you're constantly hearing the word. Emergency room workers, hospitals. Debbie and I, along with a few other people, got on an airplane when that gunman shot everything up in Las Vegas, Nevada. We got on an airplane, went out there and worked with the surgeons and stuff. They, everybody, everywhere we went, people said, whatever you do, don't go here. And that's where we went next. And uh, so we, we got to the, they said, whatever you do, you can't go to the hospital. Nobody will talk to you over there and stuff. So we said, Maybe that's God's way of saying we should go over there and bring them some books and stuff, tell them we love them, you know, not try to talk to them. And uh, we had a doctor chase right after me. Yeah, yeah, and then Debbie went down and was hanging out with nurses. Before you knew it, people just start filling the room. Hey, we keep on having dreams. We had surgery for 72 hours straight. People were dying in the hallway. Crying was going on everywhere. Does God have anything to say about that? Yeah, he does. He's got a lot to say about that. We've never been in an emergency room where people haven't taken our books. And, and we started, we were up in Maine one time, and we never thought about going to ladies' shelters and, and these different extreme locations and stuff. And we said, why not? We are at Maine. Remember, they said, hey, will you go to a ladies' shelter with us? Limestone, Maine, right across from Canada. And we said, sure, we'll go to a ladies' shelter. It was Maine run, Maine. So we said, listen, we use the Bible. We use Jesus' name, you know, all that stuff, because we don't want people really getting mad at us or something. They said, well, we need something around here. Will you guys talk to these women? And, it, you know, state of Maine operating facility, we were there two straight days. I think there was one person who didn't pray to receive Christ that week. We gave out books to everybody. We shipped things out. So there's places that we can go help people and they go through some of these traumas. And we want to help them. And uh, we don't know everything. We don't know more than a doctor. We don't, but we do know God. And we do know that he knows everything. And... Uh, and certainly things of that nature. And we know it's caused by stressful experiences and the severity of your trauma. And, and now here's another thing, and next slide. And some people can get PTSD, so you can have, so in, in World War II, there was an entire uh, two companies, almost like a half a battalion, 
that almost everybody was killed, 50 people lived. And out of those 50 people that lived, like half of them committed suicide. The other half of them had these great lives. No problem at all, no PTSD. So the government, they used to call it being shell-shocked during uh, World War II, and they, they've had different names. The first president to speak on PTSD was Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, and they were trying to give some, and the VA came along later than him, but they were trying to help people back then with a veteran's pension and stuff, because there were people from the Civil War that were real messed up. And then through history, I think just about every president has spoke on it or something, or has tried to, tried to help on it. I just read something good today, first thing, and I think I ever read good about President Biden, but he signed a bill today that uh, people can sue their rapist for uh, civil damages forever. And, uh, and, and he signed, uh, and then he remembered two years ago, President Trump signed a bill that they can go to jail forever. And I'm glad that people are getting behind victims. It's about time we started helping survivors and victims, you know? It's about time we start doing And I was excited to see that today, that legislation. And somebody texted it to me a little while ago. Uh, but, it, you know, and basically what we said in the last slide. Next slide. So, you know, and again, PTSD and the trauma that causes PTSD looks different on every single person. And so, you know, one of the biggest mistakes we make sometimes when we work with people. And, and so tonight, just so you know, is more about introduction. Answers come a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, but you know, one of the things I think that I do wrong and that a lot of us do wrong when we deal with people who've been hurt and stuff is when people start talking to us about stuff like this, we should automatically, uh, instead of remembering something that we've been through like them, we should just listen and hear people. You know what I mean? Because we've all been through junk. You know, and, and if we're not careful, we can try to outdo each other and stuff. You know, it's like, Hey, Doug, this is what's bothering me, and I was hurt. Oh, you should have seen when I was hurt. And I was in a helicopter accident, broke my neck, collapsed my lung, you know. And, and they say, man, he beats me. So now I just, and people beat me all the time, every single day, but I just want to listen to people now. So we don't, we, we don't want to call the remembrance things. Maybe once after you get to know them a little bit, let people, that people go through some real junk out there. And uh, thank God we're, I think, uh, uh, God has allowed Debbie and I to help about 300 people personally and then the people we train and things like that. So in 2019, we were able to sit and be in front of about 5,000 people like you guys. And, and uh, so we know that people are being reached out there. We have about 3,800 people a day that listen to our podcast. And, and so we're thankful for that. And so remember that even being involved in a car crash could cause that. We'll show you some other things. Next slide. Being abused, harassed, racism, sexism. You know, sometimes we think, well, that doesn't seem like much. Well, it's enough to give someone PTSD. And, and, and you know, God has uh, given us this wonderful testimony, this wonderful life, his word that's all sufficient, and, and how he's helped other people. So we want to do that. Being kidnapped. Don't even look up how many people get kidnapped a year. It'll totally freak you out. That's one, of the, that's one of the bad things about getting into these kind of things. You start looking around. We have a, there's a whole group of people for wounded spirits that's kind of undercover. It's all women who've been sexually trafficked in Las Vegas, Nevada. They fill a room. Every once in a while, about two or three times a year, they'll call me up and say, talk to Lily or talk to so-and-so. Uh, they were a prostitute for 30 years or 20 years, and they got saved tonight. And it just encourages me because, you know, where... 
we're not a denomination or anything. They just do their thing and we send them stuff. You know, we, we really don't know who's going, what's going on. So once in a while to know and all the sexual traffic and the kidnapping that equal to these people are unbelievable. Step parents, relatives, stuff like that, saying you're going to go do this. Uh, it, it's it's just unbelievable and being and and so we see that there and then going through violence and things of that nature. Next next slide. Seeing other people hurt or killed, and we've we've helped people in these categories, and you all are well aware of uh, Mrs. Wesco's situation and and uh, being able to help her. You guys are supporters, and and but there's more, many more than that, and uh, being able to reach out and help these people, and doing a job where you repeatedly see or hear distress and things like those 911 operators surviving a natural disaster, and boy, people been through stuff, you know. And it wasn't that long ago, I worked with a lady who lost her husband and son in a flood in Louisiana. You know, in just, just a couple seconds, just lose your whole life, what she thought was her whole life. Uh, being sectioned or getting treatment in a mental health ward, being diagnosed with a life-threatening condition. But that's a group of people we really want to reach out to as, uh, as people who are going through some really bad health problems and letting them know that they got you know, that they pass from death unto life when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's a pretty great thing. And uh, next slide. And uh, so we, we try to look up people who are at risk. And again, experiencing repeated trauma will put you in a real bad place. Next slide. Next slide. Oh, there we go. Getting physically hurt or feeling pain. Having little or no support from friends, family, or professionals. There's people out there that family don't even care about them. You know, I was telling the story the other day. I got a call from a girl graduated from high school. She was 18 years old, church going, good girl. Never did anything wrong. Her parents said, you know, you're kind of lazy. All you do is go to church. Get out. Day after graduation. And so someone called. I don't know why they thought to call me. And uh, luckily I was able to call uh, Pensacola Christian College and they were able to get her a job and let her go to school and she's thriving and stuff but can you imagine having a kid saying well it's all over you know that we have no place for you anymore to me that's just weird we tell our kids come home once in a while and see us man <laughs> you know hey we live right up the road you know the exit you go by uh, yeah <laughs> stop at that one and uh, and and you know and again homelessness things like that we were homeless when I was a kid for about a day. So God, my uncle came through for us. And previous experience in anxiety or depression, those kind of things can intensify. Next slide. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break now. But that's what trauma looks like. So it's really important. I want you to, as we take this break, I want you to think about trauma because everything we go through with triggers go together with trauma. So we want to know, if we know what our traumas are, and then when we go through triggers, and this was really helpful to me, if I know what my trauma is, I'm looking for the triggers that could bring that trauma back. Because we want to do everything we can not to bring that trauma back. And, uh, hey, you guys have been really good in here. No one's even asked any questions. And, uh, but why don't we take about 10 or 15 minutes, and we'll come back in here and start the next session. Hey, thanks for hanging in there, folks. So I'm a little bit sorry about that uh, buzzing in the background, but I really want you to hear these consolidated quick classes uh, we put together at our church just recently, and I wanted to get them out to you. So we'll play another one for you tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. May God bless you. And if we can do anything to help you, make sure you look for me at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you. We look forward to talking to you real soon.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.